Modern. 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 We're prepping for a voyage. Modern. The force of an old-fashioned equals whiskey mass times bitters acceleration. Why don't you make that a double? Modern Bar Cart. What's shaking, cocktail fans? Welcome to episode 123 of the Modern Bar Cart Podcast. I'm your host, Modern Bar Cart CEO, Eric Koslick. Thanks for joining me for this part two of my tangy, acid-driven conversation with Charlie Birkinshaw of Element Shrub, where we debrief a series of videos we just finished filming related to the use of different acids in your favorite cocktails. Last time around, we chatted about citric and acetic acid, derived from citrus fruits and vinegar, respectively. And this episode, we turn our attention to two lesser-known but equally intriguing acids, malic and lactic acid. But before we jump into the conversation, I do have a few more fun updates for you. The first is to let you know that we've got another awesome piece of sustainable drinking gear up on our e-commerce store for you. It's the Jungle Straws Bamboo Straw six-pack, which comes with a jute carrying case that holds two straws, as well as a cleaner. This is a more affordable option than the stainless steel set we launched last week, and the great thing is that bamboo is one of those really excellent materials that can take a beating and hold up really well for day-to-day use. These straws are made from real stalks of bamboo, and they're a great option for stylish entertaining at home or sustainable sipping on the go. We'll be selling this set for $7.99 as opposed to the $11.99 stainless steel set we announced last week. And remember, if you enter the discount code JUNGLE anytime during the month of November 2019, you'll receive 15% off your entire order at modernbarcart.com. This is a special code just for podcast listeners. Nobody else knows about it, folks. So this might be a great chance to knock out some of that holiday shopping before Thanksgiving. Speaking of holiday events, boy, are we gonna be busy here in the mid-Atlantic over the next month and a half. Modern Bar Cart will be at the Urban Market Pop-Up in the Mosaic District in Merrifield, Virginia, hanging out with our pals, Element Shrub, very relevant for this episode, and we'll be selling all kinds of cocktail mixers and gear. Between the two of us, you can probably sample almost 20, 25 different flavors of shrubs and bitters, so if you're into tasting, you can really do some damage when you visit our tent. You can probably sit there and taste with us for a half hour easy if you want to. Those dates are November 16th from noonish to 6 p.m. and then Friday, December 6th from 3.30 to 8 p.m. and finally Saturday, December 7th from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. In addition, we're putting together a sick cocktail competition in Frederick, Maryland with our friends over at McClintock Distilling. It's our holiday bar room blitz where a bunch of local bartenders will be slinging drinks and competing to raise funds for their favorite charities. After all, it is the holidays and it's always good to have a cause in mind. We'll have a link to the Facebook event and the Eventbrite page over on the show notes page at modernbarcart.com. So get your tickets before they sell out. There is limited space and I just talked to Braden from McClintock. They launched the event a couple days ago and it's already starting to fill up. 
So now that you're all caught up on what's going on with us here at Modern Bar Cart, let's turn our attention back to this week's interview. And I actually got a fun little piece of feedback from part one already. I ran into my good friend, John Shope, who's a listener of the podcast, and he told me that when he listened to last week's episode, his mouth started watering every time we described the acids we were working with. So I figured I'd give old Johnny a shout out here and apologize for any unintentional Pavlovian responses to the subject matter. Keep it classy, people. No drooling while you listen to our podcast. Just like last time in part one, Charlie and I talk about a bunch of fun featured cocktails and flavor profiles during this acid-driven conversation, so we're going to jump right in here and get to the good stuff. Please enjoy the conclusion of my tangy acid trip with Charlie Birkinshaw of Element Shrub. Welcome back to uh, this episode of the Modern Bar Cart Podcast. This is part two of a two-part series where we chat with Element Shrub founder, Charlie Birkinshaw. What's going on, guys? About various acids. So in the last episode, we talked about citric acid and acetic acid as part of this drink anatomy video series that we were putting together. So if you want to learn more about kind of the origins of the drink anatomy series, what we're trying to accomplish with it, then head on over to the last episode previous to this one, and you can hear all about that. But Charlie, there's a couple things you also wanted to mention, just kind of wrapping up the acetic acid conversation about shrubs. And I think this is great because these are like really practical use cases for shrubs and acetic acid. So why don't you take us through like some of those, like, all right, when you're practically using a shrub at home, here's what you need to take into account. Yeah. So a couple things, you know, we talked about at Element Shrub, we make shrubs with apple cider vinegar, but obviously there's other types of vinegar out there, whether it's balsamic vinegar, champagne vinegar, and these other vinegars are still acetic acid. Um, but right, rice, wine, of- rice wine vinegar is a fun one. Yeah. I think both of our mutual friend, Paul McDonald, from Friday, Saturday, right. Sunday in Philadelphia uses a rice wine vinegar in a shrub that he makes behind the bar that's just it's really cool. Right. Right. Yeah. So th- there are other acid, wine vinegar, th- there yeah. are other vinegars under the sun. Yeah. And um, and they all have sort of their own place, you know, in a cocktail. Obviously, balsamic is a little more rich. Champagne vinegar is a little more delicate, right? The apple cider vinegar that we use, because we're mixing with fruit and herbs and spices, has sort of this natural sort of fruity kind of profile to it, which is just kind of why it makes sense for us. And I love apples. I think if I had to pick a favorite distillate base, it might be apples. I love Calvados, like Calvados, apple brandies, stuff like that. Man, it's good. This seems like a perfect transition to one of the other acids on our list. Yeah, well, I mean, this is malic acid. This is the first of the... I guess, lesser known acids. These might be acids that you've heard of tangentially, but really couldn't speak to if you're familiar with them. But malic acid is present in apples. It is that quintessential green apple flavor. So the first time we came across it was actually during the last part of this recording where we talked about our acid-adjusted orange juice. And so one thing that most people don't even think about is that there are different types of acid present in, for example, like a lime juice or a lemon juice. So when Dave Arnold, the recipe that we used from Liquid Intelligence, when he 
set about recreating the perfect, I guess, artificially created or man-made substitute for lime juice, he used citric acid, which makes sense, but then also malic acid to get sort of that green apple flavor. And one of the things that makes malic acid really interesting is that it tends to linger longer on the palate than citric acid does, which is, it's important. If you didn't have that malic acid present in that acid-adjusted orange juice, there'd probably be something off, right? Yeah. So I like malic acid because, yes, this is a flavor that most of us are familiar with, but that we couldn't necessarily call out in a blind taster in a lineup, but it's like that... The sidekick acid is what I call malic acid because it's present in a lot of things. It's present in grapes as well. Pears too, right? Pears, any of those like tree fruits, right? So the apples and pears, malic acid is going to be one of your primary acids, certainly one of the dominant flavors. And then when it comes to grapes, there's another acid that is the primary acid in grapes, but malic acid is one of the more, it's kind of like the catalyst acid. It tends to exert a disproportionate presence or influence based on how much is in there. So a little goes a long way when it comes to malic acid. And it's just that that green apple flavor. And one of the funny things that when you hear a distiller talking about the process of fermentation is that that green apple flavor is one of the first flavors you encounter in that fermentation process. So early on when those yeasts are first beginning to turn that sugar into alcohol and a little bit of bacteria gets in there and starts a little bit of adding some funk to the process and creating some of these fatty acid esters that that we call out by name as these like flavors in our, our spirits, malic acid, that green apple flavor is gonna be one of the first ones that you can identify by its aroma and flavor. So what do you like about malic acid? What are your favorite ways to to think about this flavor or this substance in the cocktail world? I just think it's funny because it's, I don't know, when I hear the word acid, I think sour, right? And in this case, it's more similar to how orange juice is sweeter than, than lime juice. Well, one of the things I like about it is that it's similar to citric acid. It is one of those non-volatile acids, right? So if you walk up to to malic acid and you smell it, you're not going to get like that acetic acid burn. You're not going to get the vinegar stank. Yep. But you do get this really interesting flavor that that truly is unique. You're not going to confuse it for citric acid. You're not going to confuse it for anything else. And yet it kind of flies under the radar because it's not that volatile aroma emitting substance. Right, right. So one of the things we have in front of us right now to kind of demonstrate both of the two acids we're talking about right now, malic and lactic acid, we have a glass of Chardonnay. This is a Harkin Chardonnay from California. And when you hear people talk about California shards, you, you actually, you're either on trend or off trend depending on who you are, where you are, and who you're talking to. This is technically in that class of Chardonnays that would be called the buttery, creamy Chardonnays. This is a very balanced version of that because it's not 100% malolactic fermentation. And so you get some beautiful like stone fruit notes from the stainless steel portion of this wine that was blended. And then you get some of those softer, creamier, butterier notes from 
the portion of the wine that underwent that malolactic fermentation. Yeah, I think they've done a really good job balancing this. Well, and you have to. You know, I was when I picked this up, I went to one of my favorite liquor stores, Schneider's of Capitol Hill, and I was talking to him, and I was explaining what I wanted to use this for. It's kind of like an educational tool for this video series. And he's like, well, you know, you really don't want 100% malolactic fermented because you know, those just, they tend to go flat. They tend to be flat, flabby, and kind of gross. And, and that's, I think, why this style of Chardonnay got a bad rap for such a long time. This is a very, you can tell that a lot of thought went into this blend. And the malolactic fermentation is a very specific part of this process of fermentation. And basically what it means is this was allowed to age, to sit with the dead yeast cells for a long period of time. Usually, usually what happens is you have your fermentation, it lasts for a, a specific period of time, and then the yeast are kind of taken out and everything's kind of filtered through the wine and you've got your alcohol, right? The yeast creates the alcohol, then the yeast is done, it leaves. But this is what's called aged on lees, which are those dead yeast in the barrel. And that creates a secondary type of fermentation where we've got some of these Applier flavors and the malic acid wow. coming out and, and I actually got like we were tasting this before we started filming I was like, oh, I get like a honey crisp apple on the finish Which I don't get on the nose at all It's like pure stone fruit on the nose with like a little bit of that creaminess, which we'll talk about in a second mm -hmm. But then on the finish I totally get like honey crisp apple It's not that green apple, but you can tell like malic acid is in this conversation Along with the other acid that we're going to talk about in this segment lactic acid you want to talk about the cocktail that we made in the malic acid video? Ah, yes. <laughs> so we did an apple teeny, <laughs> which you might not have expected in this conversation. I love bad cocktails. Yeah. And right now... Like we're in this space where the apple teeny is just invisible. Yeah. And in the Columbia Room, yeah. right? Right now they're doing a whole series, right? On, on sort of... So bad it's so good. So bad it's good. So bad it's good. Yeah. Yep. Where they take these sort of drinks that are typically thought of as sort of quote unquote bad cocktails and right. trying to make them kind of interesting. And, yeah. It was uh, essentially Derek Brown's head bartender was kind of like trolling him because he released this book that had these chapters dedicated to the cocktail dark ages and like the era of the, what's the sex in the city cocktail, the Cosmo, the Cosmo, era of the yeah. Cosmo. So yeah, <laughs> the apple teeny. I thought I've never had, I don't think I've ever ordered an apple teeny ever, ever, ever. Yeah, I, they don't, I don't think so either. And, no, and normally it's, right, it's made with that sort of like bright green, like... Like apple pucker? Apple pucker, yeah. But I like a martini. Yep. And so I thought, well, what happens if we smash a martini into something that tastes like apple? And right. so the malic acid. Right, and so we, so we made a sort of malic acid... It's just a titration, titration of, of right? just so. straight mal... It was just malic acid and water using Dave Arnold's spec and... Or maybe a speck we found somewhere else. But yeah, so we basically just... Acid is not a part of the martini cocktail. That's one of those boozy stirred cocktails. And we still kept it as a stirred cocktail in this format, which is like maybe one of those questions, right? It's like, well, you're adding acid, so shouldn't you shake it? It's like, well, but we're not adding citrus juice. Right. So I, I figured water. it was... Yeah, <laughs> it was kind of safe to stir. Yeah. You know? And I was, I was actually pleasantly surprised by how it turned out because... You know, like I'm a big apple fan from the distillate or from the flavor family. And then I'm also a big martini fan. And I think this is a cool way, again, like we talked about in last episode, we were talking about like 
a way for people to kind of take something that's familiar and by using these either like powdered acids in a titrated format or just by simply approaching the concept of the acid differently, I think it was super valuable because I was like, damn, my martini tastes like apple and it's a little tangy now. <laughs> yeah, and so we also used Lille Blanc, right? Mm -hmm. Right, and I think that was important because, again, going back to balance and cocktails, if you're adding acid to a cocktail that doesn't have any serious sweetener in it, right? We could have just used dry vermouth, which is very, it's dry, it's not sweet, it's in the name. But instead we use the Lille Blanc, which is typically used in a martini variation called the Vesper. And it's more of an aperitif. It's got a higher sugar, higher bricks to it. And I think that just played with that little extra bit of acid so nicely. And it just gave such a cool take on something that is, you know, very personal and very familiar for many people, which is like, what's your martini? Yeah. Uh, so really, really good. Definitely worth, worth trying at home. Yes. Yes. So the last acid we have, and I guess we, we kind of referenced it a little bit here talking about this malolactic fermented wine here would be, I guess, lactic acid. Right. We struggled a little bit to figure out. <laughs> because, you know, the first, the first thing at least that I wanted to do was create a milk punch. Oh, this is, yeah, this is right. really, we, we actually argued a little bit about yes, this. Yes, we did. <laughs> so take, take people through it because I think this is a really important point. And it kind of, it kind of flags us as novices who did a lot of research for this, as opposed to people who are a priori experts. Right. For me, when I think of lactic acid, I think of milk, right? And I think of... Oh, I think of gym class. I think of like the first time I heard of lactic <laughs> acid, it was like, oh yeah, that's the, that's what causes the soreness in your muscles after you work out. But yeah, like lactic, lactose. Right, right. And so for me, I was like, oh, why don't we do like a milk punch kind of recipe where we get to use citric acid to curdle the, the milk and then create this really cool, you know, drink using multiple acids and yeah, and then kind of discovered, wait, this isn't really accurate. Yeah, it's not. It's not lactic. You're not when you add citric acid to milk or to milk, it doesn't suddenly become lactic acid. And and so what that caused us to do is is do a little bit more deep digging on the internet, do a little bit more research about this. And the ingredient we finally settled upon was buttermilk. Right. Which is. Very hard to find, surprisingly, in DC. I had to like go to a lot. Of, I had to go to like three stores to find a little thing of buttermilk. But to, can you talk a little bit about the cocktail that we made with that, and and how I guess how the acid might have actually played kind of a surprising role? Right. So so we did a buttermilk maple syrup. And then we used Old Lines American Single Malt. Right. In a flip. In a flip. Right. So we got a whole egg. We've got yeah. on the surface, like really, really rich cocktail. This Super, is kind yeah. of like leading, leading to the point we're going to make. But yeah, very, very rich. Kind of like the wintry side of things. Like we were previous to that, like think about it. We made a daiquiri with acid adjusted orange juice. We made a whiskey sour without an egg white. So kind of like the summer version yeah. of what a whiskey yeah. sour is. And then we made for the malic acid an apple teeny. So like all very bright, bright cocktails. And this one... The cool thing about the lactic acid is it gave us a, a chance to kind of like flip everything on its head and, <laughs> <laughs> and, and then just be able to kind of say like, okay, like this is a completely new type of drink. How does this work? Right. What do so, we find? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, if you were, as we mentioned, like just thinking about the ingredients on their own and putting them together, super rich. And if you were to substitute the 
buttermilk for cream or whole milk that you might typically use in a in flip a, or, yep. or, a or, or a nog. Right? Yeah, um, flip a fizz a nog. You know, with the buttermilk, you get this sort of like fermented, almost sour quality to it, right? Like buttermilk is essentially like sour milk. If you're cooking with buttermilk, they always say sort of like a substitute is to take milk and add lemon juice to right. it. Which is right. kind of what we started with, right. you know? When my wife said like, you know, when I said, I can't, I can't find this damn buttermilk, she's like, why don't you just add some lemon juice to it? And I was like, well, that's not the point, dear. Right. Yeah, and, and when I picked it up off the shelf, you know, you could tell immediately that it was different because it, there was like a couple inches of like, clearish liquid sitting on top of the thick creamy right. milk and, and lactic acid is also volatile right like acetic acid right and so right. when you open it you just you see that difference but then you also smell it too right big time yeah and and so we kind of classify malic and lactic acid as like the lesser known of the cocktail acids and the cool thing about lactic and, and malic acid is that they have they kind of have corollaries in acetic and citric acid. They're kind of just like di slightly different versions of citric and acetic when it comes to that volatile aspect. Like, does it emit an aroma? So whereas malic does not emit an aroma and it lasts longer than citric acid, lactic acid, just like acetic acid, it emits an aroma, not as much of an aroma, right. but it's much milder than that acetic acid. It doesn't have that bite. Right. And it's almost because it, it, it's got this like lactose involvement, it's got that natural creaminess where it's it's not it's not going it has to that sort of like dairy like whey kind of yeah. smell. Right. And I mean obviously it's it's milk, but it's almost like a little chewier. Right. Kind of is a, is a weird way to, to say it. And so in a way, malic acid and lactic acid are kind of like the inverse like fractions, uh, they, they kind of like, they kind of balance out what citric acid and acetic acid are doing. And so I, I kind of like the way we chose to divide them. But yeah, when we made this flip, the recipe that we used kind of said like, oh, the nice thing about this is it kind of brightens up this very heavy, deep cocktail. And, and we even decided to go a step further with that. And so instead of using bourbon, so like honey and vanilla, we used an American single malt. So like barley and like just deep and deep and dark. So I really liked how the acid in that kind of brightened it right up. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I thought it, I thought it was a good way to sort of finish finish the series, right? And sort of keep a consistent quality you know across all the different kinds of drinks we were making yeah and the one thing that i find about flips and this is just something for folks who, who are at home you know we're launching this in the autumn it's it's october now we're starting to think about those colder weather cocktails my favorite version of a flip is called the fernet flip which is exactly what it sounds like you use a whole egg you use some sort of whiskey or brandy i think you can use either one and then you use like a half ounce to an ounce of fernet it's like it's you know using a lot of fernet in there and one of the things I find is that the mint really comes out in that Fernet. Mm. Now, you might think of Fernet and be like, oh, super bitter and very minty. But the mint is actually the most delicate part of the Fernet. They use a ton of like really robust herbs like saffron, like a ton of other spices. The mint, even though it's very easy to perceive, is actually the most delicate part of the Fernet. 
And so that's why I like using the Fernet and the Fernet Flip because it brings that mint out. It really gives you a different way to think about Fernet. And by using the buttermilk in this flip, I think it gave me, it gave you a really interesting way to think about the, the lactic acid because it really stuck out in contrast to all those other ingredients. Yeah, and I, I think too, you know, going back to all the other drinks we've made have sort of played with people's expectations, right? Right. And when you see the ingredients for this drink, you think super rich, like super noggy, right? And yet, and then you take a sip and even when you look at it, right? Like it's got this creamy head on top and, mm-hmm. um, exactly. and then you take a sip and it's not quite as rich as you were expecting, right? Yeah. And I think that's a cool way to kind of wrap up our conversation about these acids, about what we learned by doing this video series. And I think, I guess, sort of the value proposition to people out there. Like, all right, you've already got a podcast. You guys already run these companies that are dedicated to cocktail stuff. So why are you taking even more time than you normally do on a daily basis to like sit down and really investigate that? I think for me, my driving vision for this is to continue teaching people different ways to access that surprise and that delight. And if you can see it done in front of you and if you can see how easy it is to kind of do some of these what what might be considered like advanced cocktail moves like making acid adjusted orange juice it really wasn't that difficult because again none of us like neither of us has like a technical background in this. no i mean thankfully we have liquid intelligence but otherwise yeah (laughs) and so like the the kind of idea is if we can do it you can definitely do it you're probably smarter than we are uh, you, you were obvious, most of you are probably starting smart enough not to run a startup business. <laughs> so, yeah, and, and, you know, for us too, like at element shrub, there are no classic cocktails made with shrubs. Right. And that's so, a great point. you know, from the beginning, I had to kind of reinterpret classic cocktails in a way that was approachable. So you could like take lemon juice and replace it with our lemon mint shrub. And so for me, this whole idea of like surprise and delight or, hey, you can make a whiskey sour with a lemon mint shrub without, you know, lemon juice or, you know, you can kind of create these these different kinds of sort of classic cocktails using different types of acid that you might not typically use or that is sort of not classically used in a drink. And it's just really fun. And it's it's especially fun. We've had fun doing it just on our own. But, you know, if you're able to host a dinner party or, or a cocktail event and you can kind of demonstrate this through your cocktails, you know, I think everybody will really be excited about it. Yeah, exactly. I couldn't have said it better myself. So folks, again, these videos that we're talking about here, these are uh, part of a series called Drink Anatomy. And you can check out those videos at some point. They're not ready to be launched quite yet, probably as of the airing of this episode, but you can bet that when they are launched, they'll be up on the show notes page for this episode and the previous one over at modernbarcart.com forward slash podcast. And it would mean a lot to both of us, I think, if you hit us up by following us at Drink Anatomy one word over on Instagram and, you know, either giving the YouTube channel a subscribe or heading over to drinkanatomy.com and, and subscribing to our email list just so that you can be kept up to date on when we, we drop new tutorial videos. Cause we've got a, we've got a lot of them planned. Yeah. It, it's heading into the busy season for us. So we might not get to drop another, a gaggle of them before 2020, but we've got it all mapped out and we are really excited to continue doing cool stuff like this. So 
it would also encourage us to do it sooner if you tell us that you're excited about it. So please do get in touch with us. Yeah, tell us you're excited. Give us suggestions. You know, Eric's been been doing this podcast thing for a while, so so he's really good at it. I'm I'm new to it, and so if you have suggestions or you know, or if you want to provide more information that we did not cover, please please let us know. But yeah, I'm I'm excited for kind of what we have lined up, and I I think you will be as well. Yeah, couldn't have said it better. Again, this is Eric Koslick, Modern Bar Cart CEO and Element Shrub. Charlie Birkinshaw here. The main man. Guys, thanks for listening, and just remember, drink responsibly and experiment boldly. Hey everybody, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, there's two big things you can do for us here at Modern Bar Cart. One would be to tell your friends and family if you think they'd enjoy listening to us talk about cocktails. And if they don't download podcasts, they can always stream our episodes on their desktop directly from the show notes page at modernbarcart.com. The other thing you can do to help would be to head on over to iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts and leave us a review. Five stars are great, but we're more interested in your feedback. And the beauty is, the more reviews we have, the easier it will be for other folks out there to learn about our show. We're trying to start a cocktail revolution here, and by spreading the word, you're helping us fight the good fight. You can always reach us by emailing podcast at modernbarcart.com if you're looking for cocktail or bartending advice, or if you're a pro who would like to pull up a mic and be interviewed for all to hear. Also, definitely follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Modern Bar Cart for cocktail porn, recipes, and entertaining tips. And keep an eye out for new product releases and special offers, which are happening all the time. We love our listeners, and we really enjoy giving you exclusive discounts and sneak peeks at our latest and greatest cocktail projects. This episode may be over, but for you, the mixological fun and adventures are just beginning. So remember, folks, drink responsibly and experiment boldly. This episode was produced and edited by Madeline Haynes. It was also made possible with some shrubby insights by Charlie Birkinshaw of Element Shrub, a nice California Chardonnay, and a little bit of interview magic by yours truly. This has been a Modern Bar Cart production, copyright 2019.